Merry Christmas. One of the consistent themes throughout the whole of Scripture is God continuing to pursue the redemption of his relationship with his creation. And one of the things that's very apparent as you read through Scripture, the Old Testament and the New Testament, the story of humanity that's woven through in God's pursuit of us, is that we're very easily distracted by everything. It makes me think of coaching my son's eight, nine, and ten-year-old basketball team. We had our first practice this past week. And so we're there, and I'm trying to teach them triple threat. Some of you guys are basketball players. You know what I'm talking about. And, and you know, want them to do the best they can for the season. So I'm going to teach them. We're going to coach them, and they're going to do really well. And you know what their posture is in paying attention. Some, some of you are familiar with this with youth sports. This is, I, this is very technical, and it's going to be difficult for me to do. But this is, this is how they pay attention. I mean, that's kind of their thing. It doesn't help that we only get half the court, and so there's another team practicing over there. So it doesn't matter what the other team is doing. They could be running sprints, and they're standing there going, huh, you know, just, we're just very easily distracted. And so the culmination of all of these things, of Jesus coming, uh, is, is God saying, you know what? You know what we really need to do <laughs> to finally maybe get, get humanity's attention? Is that we need to come down and be with our creation. And so the culmination of all of that is Christmas, is Jesus being born, our Savior coming to live among us. And after an angel comes to affirm for Joseph that he should stay with this woman, Mary, who is pregnant, to help raise the one who would save people from their sins, Matthew affirms the birth of Jesus' fulfillment of prophecy by recalling the words of Isaiah, the prophet who wrote 700 years before Jesus was born in Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. And this is, this, is what, uh, this is what Matthew affirms for us. He says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And this is what Christmas is all about. It's about God being with us, coming down to live life with us. And so Jesus comes... And he lives his life, and we don't know a whole lot about what happens during his childhood, and, and so there might be really interesting things, like as a toddler, he's walking along, and he's heading towards a puddle, and Mary says, oh no, you know, but he just ends up walking right across it, and, and, and he's good to go. But at the, around the age of 30, Jesus begins his ministry, and so he's teaching, he's performing miracles, he's affirming all of these prophecies that are made about him hundreds of years before, but then... The story of Christmas takes a little bit of a discouraging turn because Jesus has uh, gained the ire of the social and political and religious authority, the elite of the day. His followers have increased a little bit too much. They're in danger of losing their power. And so Jesus is put on trial. He's falsely accused and he's executed. And so Christmas seems to be over. The whole Emmanuel, God with us, didn't seem to last very long. Their silence for three days. Uh, Christmas uh, almost feels a little bit like a roller coaster sometimes, doesn't it? It's like, man, I can't believe Christmas is coming this Tuesday. I'm not ready for it at all. It always comes up too fast and it's over too quickly for me. I love this time of year, but I don't really feel like I get to fully experience it. And so the day after Tuesday, it's kind of like, well, okay, well, I guess we got to wait another year, you know, before this, this comes along. It's kind of like this roller coaster experience. And for Jesus' disciples, it was kind of like this too. Because while there was silence for three days, after three days, Jesus walks out of the tomb and it's Christmas all over again. God is with us again. 
And so they're cresting the hill, and this is great. Jesus is with his disciples for 40 days, and then Jesus says, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm leaving again. <laughs> and the disciples say, wait, what happened to God with us? I mean, this was, this was an amazing experience. Jesus, you need to stay, stay with us. And then Jesus says, all right, everybody, I'm, I'm leaving. And if you're one of Jesus' followers, you know, that has to be a confusing and disappointing moment. I mean, some of us have even thought that too, like, what if we had the same opportunity as Peter and James and John and Mary and Martha? Like, what if, what if we got to be in the physical presence of Jesus? We got to shake his hand. We got to spend time with him. We got to talk to him. Uh, we got to sit at his feet for his teaching. And yet Jesus decides to leave and go back to heaven. Well, why? You know, then the God with us, the Emmanuel, it stops. But Jesus even before his arrest and execution, explained all these things that would happen to the disciples, and he said something very interesting to them in John chapter 16, verse 6 and 7. He says, Rather, you're filled with grief because I have said these things, because Jesus is foretelling his death. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Okay, all right. Jesus, that, that seems really strange, like, especially if, if you're a fan of Jesus, right? If you're a follower of his. I, I don't know, Jesus. You're doing a lot of really cool things. <laughs> I don't know if it would be better for us for you to go away. I don't know that that sounds uh, like it makes very sense to me, very much sense. Why would life on earth be, like, why would it be for our good that Jesus would, would leave? But go a little further in verse 7. Jesus says, uh, very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when Jesus says the advocate, he's referring to the helper, the counselor, the Holy Spirit. And so one of the things that Jesus is saying is that if, if I go, you get the presence of the Holy Spirit to come and be a part of your life. In fact, the Bible says that when we become Christians, we are indwelled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so one of the things that Jesus is talking about, and one of the untold stories of Christmas, is that Christmas is about God being with us. And because Jesus left and gave us his Holy Spirit, Christmas is a never-ending story. The spirit of Christmas never has to end. The spirit of Christmas is not just about one day. It's not just about one gathering together with family and friends. It's not just about one set of gift exchanges. It's about God's presence being here on earth. And when Jesus left, he leaves with us the ever-present presence of God in our lives. Now, you know, you think, yeah, okay, that's cool. I get the whole thing about the Holy Spirit. But Jesus, like the physical presence of God, doesn't that seem like it would give a little bit more impact? Like what if Jesus had kind of stuck around and he was still, like for all eternity, he just decided to stay Jesus here on the earth physically. Like then we would be able to shake hands with him. We would be able to ask him whatever questions we wanted to. We'd be able to, to give him a hug every once in a while. Maybe we'd get to see him. You know, maybe Jesus would go on a world tour. And so once a year, he'd come through Richmond. He'd go to the Coliseum, you know, and, and so everybody would maybe get tickets. Well, the tickets would be free, you know, to, to get in. But obviously not everybody can fit in there. So you know what? They'd, uh, they'd put the service online. And so you'd be able to, to, to see that. And maybe Jesus would kind of stand there and let everybody line up. Okay, maybe not once a year. I don't think that would happen on a global world tour. So, you know, maybe once every 10 years. 
You know, we, we'd kind of get that opportunity where we'd be able to go through a line, say hey to Jesus, shake hands. Maybe he'd even stop and pray with us there for, for a second. And so you begin to see the picture. I mean, Jesus, his time, his space, he's limited, right, when he's fully man and fully God living among us. But what happens with the Holy Spirit is that we get to exp- experience Emmanuel, God with us, in any place that we are, at any moment during the day. There's no time in which we're separated from the presence of God. And, and it's, not that, it's not that you get more time in God's presence. It's that, it's that God's presence is with you constantly, always. I mean, you think about the progression of God's relationship with humanity as he kind of gives us an opportunity to respond and choose to be with him. In the Old Testament, you know, God every once in a while would show up, he would speak, maybe he'd show up in a burning bush, you know, that, that kind of thing. And then say, okay, I'm going to send Jesus, we're going to be with you, we're going to live among you, we're going to show you how to walk, we're going to show you how to talk, how to live this life in a relationship with God. But even, even then, the, the experience is, is only but so much. You look at how far Jesus traveled, and in the course of the known world at that time, he didn't really get that far out geographically, and so there's a limit to that as well. But the Holy Spirit comes along, moves in, and takes up spiritual resonance within us. We carry God's, the person of God's Holy Spirit with us everywhere we go, at every moment of every day. Uh, Paul uh, describes this, this, explains this in Romans chapter 8, verses 9 through 11, and he writes this. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, it would be much better if Jesus were up here than me. <laughs> and, and he were here, and he were teaching, and he were preaching, and he were praying, and he, were, uh, he was spending time with us, and he was vid- visiting us. I, I mean, hands down, that would be the best experience. But, man, when we're celebrating, uh, celebrating Christmas and, and knowing that Christmas is a never-ending story because of the Holy Spirit and because of the presence of God that's always with us, don't be, don't be easily distracted from that truth in your life. Because there, there are a lot of events, there are a lot of circumstances. Look, I get, like, not everybody loves Christmas. <laughs> and, I, and I understand that. Nobody, not, not everybody has the best time of year now. And some of that is because some of the loss that we've experienced, some of the circumstances, some of the family uh, dynamics that we have uh, to uh, you know, look forward to or to dread or the obligations that we have, all the things that we get caught up into that. But don't let those things distract you from the spirit of Christmas that we get to celebrate as Christ followers because of God in us. So why is it good for Jesus to leave? Like why is it good for Jesus not to be here hanging out with us celebrating Christmas together? Because the Holy Spirit is the ever-present pres- presence of God. And it's a beautiful part of the Christmas story. But there's more. Because it's not just that God gives us his Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit is with us and just kind of hangs out and that's it. It's also because the power of God is at work in our lives through the Holy Spirit. 
And this is one of the promises that Jesus gave his closest followers in Acts chapter 1 as they're gathering together. He says, the Holy Spirit, the helper, the advocate, the counselor is going to come. The person of God is going to come and dwell you, and you're going to have power, and you're going to be spreading the gospel throughout the ends of the earth. There is something very real and something very tangible to experience from the holy person of the Holy Spirit of God. And I get, like, we, we've all had moments in life where we've dreamed about having power. I mean, just a moment of honesty, right? Like, all of us have at some point, maybe some kind of superhero power, maybe, you know, just the ability to smite all of your enemies and wipe them from the face of the earth. No, not, not that one. I, I mean, like, to fly, right? <laughs> like, we want to fly. Um, not to read minds because that would be really creepy and, you know, you discover a lot of things you didn't want to know and you wouldn't be able to forget. Uh, you know, maybe to be able to walk on water, that kind of thing. Like, those things would be, would be amazing. Uh, to be able to do incredible things that normal people couldn't, that, you know, most of us would have an altruistic motive. We would want to defeat evil that exists in this world, save the world and win the day. And maybe the reason we want this so much is because deep down inside is we know we need it. We, we know we need some sort of power within us that's greater than something that we could execute ourselves or come up with on our own. And what we lack in life is the ability to defeat the evil in our lives. What we lack in life is the ability on our own power to win, and yet God gives us the Holy Spirit at work within us to provide that necessary power. And sometimes, like I understand as a Christ follower, and you may be walking around in the normal course of your day, and you may not feel all that powerful. And, and I get that there are some things in your life that have, that have felt like they have defeated you, and felt like they keep you back, and they keep you weak, and they keep you chained down. There, there are people in your life, there are circumstances in your life that, you know, maybe in which you feel powerless. And yet so much of that has to do with how we are distracted from knowing that that power exists within our lives. That, that there are opportunities that we have that God gives us constantly throughout our lives to be plugged into that power. It's no different. Remember, the promise through Scripture is that as Christ followers, we are indwelt with the person of the Holy Spirit. And the person of the Holy Spirit works out that power in our life. It's no different than recognizing and understanding. All of us, like most of us, live in a context where we have a house and we have electricity running to that house. Right? And so in, and throughout that house, we have outlets. We have places to access that, that electricity. But... I mean, you might not always use some of those outlets. You might not always use the you know, potential that you have for that electricity. Anybody go through a tacky light tour or anything? We drive around. We always do that with our kids. Um, we take one night, and so we go around Richmond, find some addresses, and so we'll go and check out some of the crazy uh, lights that are out there. Did you know? Did you know that you could do that with your house? You could. You have the potential to plug in all those lights. I mean, you have to start in September. And it would be crazy. But like you, you have the ability. I mean, some people put all kinds of crazy Christmas lights on their house. And you think, man, that's, that's a little overboard. But you're like you have, you have that potential. You could do that. You could choose to plug in all of that. The only difference is they've plugged into that power and you haven't. And, and it's cool. You're, like you don't have to put lights on your house. I don't. And I haven't yet. Even though my kids want me to. So I'll probably have to do it next year. It's the same thing with the Holy Spirit's power. For everyone who chooses to follow Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit living within us to work out that power in our lives. That doesn't mean that you're going to use it. 
It doesn't mean that you're not going to be distracted from things that keep you from recognizing that truth in your life. For the Holy Spirit to be at work within us, we have to be plugged in to the Holy Spirit, the presence of God within us. It's about being connected to him and not in, yeah, at one point, you know, a few years ago, I gave my life over to Jesus and, and I'm good. But in a daily, quality time, conversational, focused attention, love, loving relationship kind of way. That when you carve out time to not be distracted from everything in your life and you spend time in God's word, you spend time in prayer with him, when you spend time worshiping with him, gathering with his people, you're plugged into his power. See, there's a reason, like Paul identifies in Ephesians chapter 5, he says, be filled, don't be filled with other things in this world. He, he says, don't be filled and don't be drunk, like in a specific example. But he's saying, don't be filled with all the other things in life. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why would Christians need to be reminded of that if we're already indwelled with the, you know, the person of the Holy Spirit? It's because we're so easily distracted by this life, being plugged in, connected. So we can experience the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within our life and him working out his power in our lives. It's better that Jesus left because the Holy Spirit came. His presence is within us. And not only does he provide God's presence, but he also provides and works out God's power in our lives. And there's a third reason why we're told it's better to have the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit's, why it's better for us, why it's good for us that Jesus would leave. And it's directly connected to this. It's because, because the presence of God's Holy Spirit at work within us is for a very specific reason. That God has purpose and plan, a plan for our lives. And maybe, maybe you're not experiencing God's power, and maybe that's a thing for you because you're not plugged in, or maybe it's just because you're not living out life the way that he has called us to and shown us through through Jesus. And if you use God's power for the reason that he gave it, then you'd be experiencing the third reason why it's better to have the Holy Spirit. Here's what Jesus says about this in John chapter 14, verses 11 and 12. He says, Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Do the works I have been doing, and, and you'll end up doing greater works than these. Well, Jesus, what are you saying? Like, greater works? That's not, that's not necessarily something I think of when I, I think of, about my life in comparison to what Jesus did and the things that he did. Jesus did amazing, impressive, and great things. Jesus walked on water. He healed people, things that I could never even come close to doing or being a part of in, in my life. And he, yet he says there are greater things at work with our lives because he's going to, to the Father and because he's giving us the Holy Spirit at work within our lives. Here's the thing. The thing Jesus did in his life that was for forever was making it possible for people to be reunited and redeemed and reconciled with God through his death and his resurrection. And, and that's the plan, that's the celebration of life that we get to join into that is great, that are the greater things in our life. Because Jesus' plan for us is that we would help people find Jesus and love God. Like, that's the greatness that he calls us into through his Holy Spirit. See, Jesus' life on earth, his purpose wasn't to bring everyone to God. His purpose was to make it possible that everyone could be redeemed and reconciled to him. And so he gives us, his people, 
the plan and the purpose, the life purpose for sharing this great and awesome and powerful and life-changing gift of his son coming to be born and to live and to die and to be raised again to prepare a place for us alongside of God. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus' plan for us is so great because we get to share him with the rest of the world. There is no greater life's work. There is no greater life's purpose. There is no greater gift to be given in this life than Jesus. And whatever it is you may be going through, whatever thing that might be distracting your life, you know, that, that keeps you from like, oh man, the, the thing on the forefront of my life is not necessarily like sharing Jesus with people. If, if we just have a, a moment of honesty, I think a lot of us would find ourselves in seasons of life where that would be true for us. Now, the real thing is I need to figure out this thing that's, that's happening at work and whether or not I'm going to keep my job or, or the house project that I have or the thing that I've got to deal with, with my family or the fact that I've got, to, I've got to make sure I don't say this, you know, when we get together for Christmas dinner and do say this and I make sure I compliment this. And if I don't say this, you know, then this is going to happen. And all the things that, that wrap our, our, our brains around things that ultimately don't matter in the long run. The greatest thing that we could be a part of in this life, the thing that is best for us, the thing that is most comforting for us, most empowering, inspiring, freeing, and liberating, the thing that keeps the Christmas spirit you know, alive in our lives, nothing is better than that than being on mission with God and spreading the gospel of Jesus to everyone in our lives. It doesn't solve all of our problems. But it does put our problems in perspective. It doesn't make everything magically okay in our lives, but it does help us understand that everything will be okay in our lives because of Jesus, because of the gift that we've been given, because of the Holy Spirit, who, while our pain might disappear, it, it gives us a reason, it gives us the power to keep going despite that pain and the things that we experience in, the, in this life. Jesus led the most amazing life this world has ever seen, and because his spirit lives in you and in me, we get to do even greater things by sharing him with all. Jesus was born, God with us, Emmanuel. He lived, he died, he rose, and he left. We said Christmas is never going to be over. The story is a never-ending one because God will still be with you in the presence of his Holy Spirit. And so God with us continues. Emmanuel doesn't, doesn't ever end. The story of Christmas is never ending because we get to experience God's presence, power, and plan in our lives. You and I get to be a part of God reaching out to the lost humanity, calling them home to relationship with him. And so we get the opportunity to build relationships with people who don't know Jesus in a personal way. We get to invest in people. We get to invite them to come along. We get to look for opportunities to share the story of Christmas. We get to experience God's greater plan and draw people in alongside of us. Why? Because Jesus left. And because he left, the Holy Spirit came. And because Jesus left and the Holy Spirit came, Christmas never ends. It's a never-ending story that we get to partner in with God. Let's pray.
God, I thank you for um, just, just the opportunity that we get to pause in our lives and celebrate that you came to be with us. But even more, even more than that, God, that you have drawn us into relationship with you, that you've made us part of your plan, um, that it's not just a set it and forget it you know, thing in our life, but you, that you are living and active in us and in all that we do. God, help us not to be distracted from that. Help us to see that you are always with us, that the person of your Holy Spirit presence is there, that his power is at work within us, that your power is at work within us, that, that you have a plan for our lives. And if, that, if we focus on that, and if we recognize that, then we will live the life that you've called us to. You know, we praise you for the sacrifice of your son Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection, and we thank you that he's preparing a place for us right alongside of you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.